Welcome to another episode of Accessibility Insights. I'm your host, Robin Christofferson. I'm Head of Digital Inclusion at AbilityNet, a pioneering UK charity with a mission to make a digital world accessible to all. In this series, I will be interrogating heroes of digital inclusion from across sectors and around the world. You can download a transcript of the podcast from www.abilitynet.org.uk forward slash accessibility dash insights. So sit back, grab your favourite beverage and let's get started. Welcome everyone. This podcast is brought to you by AbilityNet. AbilityNet's TechShare Pro is Europe's leading accessibility and digital inclusion conference. It's running online in November. That's the 15th, 16th and 17th. And you can grab your streaming only tickets or access everything with our community tickets at techsharepro.com. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. So we are really pleased to have Natalie Tucker here, Senior Accessibility Lead at Spotify. Natalie, thanks for joining us. How are you doing? So great. Thanks for having me. Good. What have you got for your um, beverage of choice to get you through this ordeal? I've got a nice <laughs> cup of tea. Yeah. I, I'm sticking with water this morning. Just so stay sharp. Very valid choice. Absolutely. In fact, it's the best choice, really, on lots of levels. Um, Okay, let's get straight into it. So first question, obviously, Spotify is massively dominant in the music streaming industry. And I was wondering if you could tell me if the principle and role of uh, digital inclusion and accessibility has played a part in that growth. I would love for you to say yes. Um, well, absolutely. So, I, I'm, as you're aware, may or may not be aware, Spotify's mission is to unlock the potential of human creativity. So that's making, uh, you know, a million creative artists able to receive, um, you know, to share their art and having billions of fans um, enjoy um, and be inspired by it. Um, and so, uh, you know, with Spotify available in, you know, more than 80 places and um, all of the languages it's in, making sure that everyone can access, um, you know, the art has been an important part of Spotify's mission for a long time. Um, it, but two years ago, <clears throat> um, well, rather than disparate eff- efforts, um, around the company, um, a centralized um, digital accessibility team was formed, and that's when I joined um, Spotify. Brilliant. So it's obviously um, been important and had uh, has been prioritized, which is really good. So how do you think you got to that point? I know you haven't been with um, Spotify that long, less than two years, but yep. yeah. Do you do you know about the kind of historical side of how um, they were able to prioritize accessibility to the point of you know creating a dedicated team? Absolutely. And what can you pass on, um, kind of top tips wise, for other organisations where people are you know feel like they're not really making that progress? They haven't got that level of 
commitment and resource behind them to really make a difference? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question. Um, some years ago, um, Spotify had, you know, has um, groups with, within the organization that um, come together to to, um, to focus on particular things. And about five, maybe seven years ago, um, Phil Strand, amazing, amazing uh, UX researcher and now um, leading accessibility uh, somewhere where else decided uh, to pull together folks and really focus on digital ex- um, accessibility. So folks from engineers and designers and UX researchers and content creators from all of the organization were contributing to this effort um, and teaching each other, um, celebrating global accessibility awareness day, all of that. Um, and so, you know, like building that um, that champions network, if you will, really made a huge difference in um, expressing the importance of ensuring, ensuring that folks can, that all kinds of folks have access to the platform um, and to the various um, apps and, uh, that Spotify um, produces. And so, you know, Philip was instrumental in making sure that uh, accessibility was top of mind, ensuring that the centralized accessibility team got created um, and helping us sort of from the beginning. So, you know, like having access to all the, that institutional knowledge and many of the champions are still a part of the organization today, like made a huge, huge difference for me when I walked in. Brilliant. So the ball was already rolling, but you've picked it up and, and really yeah. run with it. Um, Absolutely. So the dedicated accessibility team, the champions network, which by the way, every organization should have, um, call it whatever you like, your, your accessibility tribe, your accessibility ninjas, whatever you want to call them to make them really cool, um, is so important as well. You've obviously got a diverse workforce because every organization has, whether they know it or not. Um, is there an overlap there? Do you leverage employee um, lived experiences in these teams and what you do? And do you prioritize accessibility internally as well as obviously with your customers? Absolutely. So um, <clears throat> about uh, a year and a half ago, maybe a little bit less than that, um, Spotify joined the Valuable 500, which is a a consortium of organizations from all over the world who um, make a public commitment to workplace inclusion and digital accessibility. Um, And, you know, like that, that mandate for inclusion comes from the very top, very bottom, everywhere in between. And so... Um, I I work very closely with our DIB, which is Diversity, Inclusion, and Belonging um, team, um, focusing on disability inclusion. Um, You know, while my team is principally focused on product accessibility, many of us have disabilities. And it, you know, like the employee experience matters to us as well. So um, we support that work. 
completely. Absolutely. And, you know, it's a sort of holistic um, sort of wraparound treatment of, of inclusion and digital accessibility. Great. They're a brilliant resource to ensure that you've not, you're not just compliant, you're real life accessible, you know, bridging that gap between kind of technical compliance and really excellent, you know, user, uh, user experience. So yeah, under extreme Absolutely. conditions. Fantastic. Yeah. So before we went live, we were talking about, you know, having to go back IRL, you know, now that things are opening up again and people want to meet face to face, etc. Um, you know, obviously the last uh, few years have been really, really strange. What has the pandemic, do you think, taught Spotify? Uh, and, you know, what has mm. changed within the organisation in, say, the last three years? Oh, that's a great question. I think, you know, Spotify was moving towards a um, sort of a work from anywhere um, model before the pandemic. But once the pandemic hit, it you know like everything went into gear. So um, and the and the way it works now is that folks employees can choose to be to work from home, uh, to work from the office, or to have a, a mix of both. Um, and so that's required us to to think uh, differently about like how we connect as teams, how we work with each other, how we stay on top of. Um, you know, sort of water cooler conversations, if you will, from afar, um, which I think it's always a work in progress. If we're doing it right, we're always um, tweaking um, and adjusting. In the last year, uh, business travel has opened up, so it's possible to um, to travel to for for meetings and see folks. But there's a lot of a lot of um, focus on how do we make sure that the experience is equitable across folks who are attending virtually, um, as well as folks who are there in person, um, making sure there's the opportunity for virtual, sort of like a hybrid um, experience for for most um, kinds of events and and that sort of thing. It's really, you know, been lovely. Yeah, there's been kind of benefits and challenges, hasn't there, with Absolutely. remote working, hybrid working, you know, not not maybe so much, although obviously the we're kind of costing the planet by commuting again and, you know, traveling long distances for client meetings and that sort of thing. But right. as far as isolation, you know, when it comes to working completely remotely and, you know, different um employees who who really value those interactions around the water cooler and that sort of thing or maybe just need physical you know actual support to do their role that has been really challenging has there been any Mm -hmm. kind of really big takeaways wins and challenges in in this area one of the cool things about spotify is the culture of fika Um, and this is a swedish thing where you get together um, over coffee and just kind of, you know, talk and gab and catch up. Um, and in, in Spotify, you know, within the organization, it's an institution. So you can basically put a FICA on someone's calendar, uh, anyone's calendar. You want to know what they're doing. You want to, you know, share what you're doing. You want to just get to know them as a person. 
And uh, and so it's not uh, it's not weird or unusual to have you know random folks wanting to talk to you or you know like a, a pop up conversation about any old thing. Um, and I think that sort of spontaneity and flexibility, um, and also it makes the structure a little flatter, right? If you can reach out and have a conversation with anyone, um, it, it, it makes it possible for, for us to reach across sort of imaginary silos in order to get things done and connect with all parts of the, of the organization. That is amazing. I don't know if you use Teams within the organization, but, you know, I can feel someone, you know, running with this and creating a Teams plugin, which randomly schedules, you know, meetings with two random people, maybe three, I don't know. Could be Mm -hmm. the CEO, could be the, um, you know, (laughs) across all levels. That sounds absolutely amazing. It probably would go Mm -hmm. down like a lead balloon, but anyway, that's a really good idea. Sounds like fun. Yeah, it really does. Um, So I don't know if everyone knows this i actually didn't that spotify delivers more than audio content sorry Absolutely. my excuse is that i'm blind um it's no excuse so um you know you do exclusive video series obviously music videos documentaries that sort of thing so when it t- comes to talking about digital inclusion obviously we're talking um the platforms that you that they're delivered on but we're also talking media broader than just audio so how does Mm -hmm. digital inclusion factor into your um projects that are you know uh, visual as well i'm thinking obviously captions subtitles and maybe even audio description for blind users absolutely um you know we have i'm my mind is going i just recently had a like an incredible conversation with the with the team that's um, building out our transcript services and um, you know like looking at the roadmap for what's coming next and how we make sure that that's um, increasingly more accessible and um, beautiful and so like those have always been been concerns right now principally um, captions are available for our um, original and exclusive uh, content, though linked transcripts are available um, for all kinds of, you know, uh, content. Um, but we're looking to expand that, make sure that it's easy for folks to ingest, um, you know, transcripts into into um, their into into the platform. Uh, make sure that those those um, uh, those captions actually, you know, provide rich information, especially for certain kinds of content where there are multiple speakers or there's, you know, particular kinds of storytelling. Um, and, you know, there are new and, and exciting um, things happening all over the place, like you mentioned video content that's available, um, like podcasts that are also videos and um, making making sure that those can be um, experienced and really enjoyed by a wide variety of folks. Uh, it's, it's always top, top of mind. And the cool thing is that um, it, there's, it's not like a, of, of course, the centralized accessibility team 
is excited and committed about that. But it, there's a lot of pull coming from the actual engineering and um, product teams that are uh, creating these tools, like coming to us, like we want to, are we thinking about this the right way? What's, what's, you know, like how do we prioritize this work? And that's so delicious for me. Um, so, you know, like I sort of walked into an organization that was deeply hungry um, to make sure that we can um, fulfill our mission um, and considering accessibility a first class way of, of doing that. That is so refreshing to hear. That's almost unique, I think, within organisations where the teams are, you know, pushing for inclusion and they're really hungry for it. I'm not saying it's completely unique, but, you know, it's a testament to the amount of awareness raising, the champions network, the kind of activity, uh, the comms, everything around making this a a nice topic to be involved in, a sexy topic, maybe, I don't know. So you might have already answered this next question, but... So what's on your kind of to-do list going forward to kind of further improve your services Mm. to reach every single customer or maybe on your wish list? Oh, my goodness. Uh, You know, like our team is small and mighty um, and like we're just doing extraordinary work. It's it's really fun. Um, And we, we get to work with, you know, like, an incredible uh, crew of folks. So, um, for example, um, Spotify uh, recently acquired Hurdle, uh, which is a um, sort of a game, a, a gamified way of music discovering. And, um, you know, like shepherding those folks into making sure that that game was fully accessible and, and improving the experience was really fun um, and challenging. Um, so, you know, a new company drops into the org and, and one of the first things we look at is, hey, can, you know, there are some things we need to do to make sure this meets the standards um, for accessibility um, for all of our for all of our apps. So working with, with new, new acquisitions and new teams um, to sort of onboard them uh, to how, how Spotify uh, thinks about accessibility, make sure they have the tools and processes in place um, and training, of course, uh, to understand those things. I think, um, you know, like re- working on the audiobooks launch um, and making sure that that experience, like we were, we were pulled in from the very beginning um, before launch, so we had extensive time to test and um, and make tweaks and there's always room to grow there's always room to grow um, but uh, it's pretty exciting to be at the beginning of that um, I'm thinking a lot about uh, the work that we've been doing um, over the last few years and will continue to do <clears throat> uh, around our design system on floor to make sure that our product teams our engineers and uh, designers have a robust a set of accessible components across platforms and devices, um, you know, as building blocks for uh, building accessible um, products. Let's see. I mean, there's just so many, 
you know, interesting, exciting thing happening. We're, we're doing a, a big push around um, training um, to make sure that specific roles understand where they, um, where they fit into uh, the accessible uh, development life cycle and make sure that they have the tools and understanding to, to do that. Because, you know, Spotify is, is growing rapidly. You know, there's, there are new folks coming into the um, product development process all the time. And we, we want to make sure that not only are we helping folks who may, may have come from backgrounds where there wasn't as much of a focus um, on digital accessibility, but also supporting folks who have been part of uh, the initiative and, and leveling up and, and really, um, you know, staying staying fresh on top of um, what it takes. Well, that's really kind of pointing towards a level of maturity when it comes to considering digital inclusion that's really embedded. And that sounds amazing. All of that definitely needs to be in place. And it sounds like you're really getting on top of it. So that's great. So you've probably, um, well, you've alluded to um, audio books and, you know, going to be a games platform or kind of, you know, even more significantly in that area. Is there anything else kind of in the future about um, service delivery, um, you know, new developments that might be coming along and how accessibility might, you know, carry on be being uh, prioritized going forward? Yeah, I'm, I'm super, super excited um, about the work that we've done to make SoundShop um, accessible. And SoundShop is a DAO. It's a program um, that folks can use to create um, audio. So whether that's, um, you know, music to like make beats or to do interviews. Um, so working to make sure that that incredibly feature-rich um, online tool is accessible for a wide range of folks has been incredible, incredible. And, you know, like well, while we've come from zero to 60, um, you know, we have big plans for what's, um, what's to come. And, you know, like I just cannot say enough about the – uh, the dedication, the commitment, the willingness, um, the resourcefulness um, of of that team, and making sure that we're thinking about things correctly, and we can include lots of folks from you know reaching out to um, external um, folks with disabilities to uh, provide feedback on the work that we're doing uh, to you know user research with art, you know, <clears throat> artists with disabilities for like, you know, uh, Spotify for artists, for example, we're just, you know, like laser focused on making sure that our, you know, like we put our money where our mouth is um, in terms of our mission, right? Like nobody left behind. This is a, this is a platform for everyone. And with, you know, somewhere in the neighborhood at 15% of the, the world's population that has one or another kind of um, disability or access name, it's just like crucial. How can we do what we're doing um, otherwise? Absolutely. You know, we need an hour. We've only got half an hour, but we, we need right. a lot longer. Exactly. So I'm so sorry to kind of try and bring this into the station, but 
Um, let's um, last couple of things. One is where we always bring a question from last month's guest, and that was Heather Dowdy of Netflix, who I know you know really well. And yeah. Natalie, first of all, wanted to say that she loves the fact that you both cherish in your hearts the importance of digital inclusion and then teaching that, you know, spreading the word internally and externally as well. So she wanted to start off by saying that. And then she had a question, which I think maybe you've already kind of half touched upon, which is training within a really big organization with loads of different teams. Um, they are working on such innovative projects that they may sometimes not have the guidance or the guidelines to refer to when it comes to what mm -hmm. best practice looks like in digital inclusion. Um, so how do you kind of train at scale? How do you meet the demands of such a big organization who are really trying to do the right thing when it comes to, you know, not, not leaving anyone behind? It, that's a fantastic question. And um, the way that my, so, you know, as I've mentioned, Spotify, you know, we're talking not just about the Spotify app on web and desktop, we're talking about car thing, we're talking about Spotify on your refrigerator, we're talking about inside game consoles and, um, it, you know, like a wide variety of platforms. And so, um, you know, and, and lots of ways of working from various large teams um, and and connect large connected uh, groups of agile teams to uh, you know small and newer teams like for example the, the team that came in from Hurdle. So our team our um, our team really has a sort of a la carte menu of support training services and, and testing so that based on where a team is, whether um, we're looking at an experimental uh, feature or we're uh, trying to tweak something that, you know, has been part of the, the product from the beginning um, or, uh, or, or supporting new folks who are coming in so that we can sort of see where you're at, look, evaluate what you need and really provide sort of targeted experience or targeted support. So sometimes, yes, that will mean, you know, a, a bespoke training um, for, a, a, for, for a particular org. But sometimes that means our engineers, the accessibility engineers on my team pairing with a team to understand the nuances of, you know, like how different assistive technology um interact with a particular feature or um or or flow uh, it it might mean yeah, you know like bringing in external experts to do for example um training around you you um or uh, user research with with people uh with disabilities um so <clears throat> all that to say is that while you know like the technical standards for digital um, inclusion on the web and a little less so for mobile are are more established. Um, you know, our, our and and those those standards are re really important. So where they're available, we're absolutely um, re referencing them. But we, you know, like we com consider the experience primary. So it's we're thinking about people and the actual usability of our product. So 
um, first a first class citizen is you know is user research and having excuse me, having teams be aware um, of the t- of the experience and the context for folks with disability on on and 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 folks who are using assistive technology on their particular features. So um, th- that is to say that we you know both both have a wide variety of ways to support different teams while also always keeping top of mind that we're building things for people. And if people can't use it, um, it doesn't matter how technically accessible or not something is. Yeah. Brilliant answer. Thank you so much. Uh, Okay. Very last uh, item is something to pass on to our next month's guests. So here in the UK, ITV are a giant in the area of broadcasting and streaming. And we're going to be talking to two guests actually next uh, month. It's David Padmore. He's Director of Accessibility ITV. And Matt Simpson, uh, Head of Technology uh, for Accessibility. And I was wondering if you had something to pass on to them, uh, you know, a nice question that will really put them on the spot. (laughs) Well, you know, I find myself really, really curious with an organization with that kind of reach and the disparate types types of like content and creators that they're working with, I can imagine, um, you know, that they're also, you know, like having to tweak and change how they work with different teams and organizations and different programming um, to include accessibility. And I'd really love to dig into a little bit of the the nuances of how they're working with um, those disparate teams to keep accessibility and inclusion top of mind. Fantastic. Thank you so much. We will pass that on. Natalie, it's been an absolute pleasure. It's early where you are. So thank you so much for jumping on. Um, We hope everyone's found that really, really interesting. I certainly have. Thank you again. Thanks for listening to this episode of AbilityNet's Accessibility Insights. If you're looking for accessibility training, AbilityNet offer affordable, high-quality online training courses to help you build skills in accessibility and inclusive design. Courses include PDF accessibility, accessible social media, and more. Use the discount code AbilityNetPodcast10, that's all one word, for 10% off any upcoming AbilityNet online training and discover more courses at abilitynet.org.uk slash training. Thanks again for tuning in and more hot discussions around accessibility will be coming up soon.